0: New on CuriosityStream, grab your lab goggles. We're out to find the world's coolest, loudest, and most in-your-face experiments. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. See how hands-on science can change our everyday lives on oddly satisfying science. Plus, from goats to guard dogs, <laughs> hear surprising stories about the creatures that brought humanity to the next level. It's animals that changed history. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. My dad called it the Midnight Paper. It was exactly what it sounded like, a strange kind of newspaper that would show up at some homes at midnight, on the dot, every Wednesday and Friday for us, but on other nights for other houses. I loved hearing about it. We'd sit at his office, late at night, late for me at that age, but that's all I did, hear about it. I never saw one, even though my dad said he had many copies. He never told me any of the stories that were supposedly printed on it. So after a while, I lost interest. Grew out of it. Until now. After the funeral, I decided to stay at my parents for a while, see to their bills, think about what to do with the mountain of personal belongings that absolutely nobody would want. It was a Friday, but before I knew it, it was midnight. I'd stayed up in the office... POURING OVER A PILE OF UNPAID HOSPITAL BILLS WHEN I HEARD IT, THREE KNOCKS AT THE FRONT DOOR. I LOOKED AT MY WATCH, MIDNIGHT, ON THE DOT, STRANGE. I WENT TO THE FRONT DOOR, LOOKED THROUGH THE peephole, NOTHING, NO ONE. A SERIES OF LIKELY SCENARIOS RAN THROUGH MY MIND, MAYBE IT WAS A KID PLAYING DING-DONG DITCH, BUT THEN WHY DIDN'T THEY RING THE DOORBELL? I UNLOCKED THE FRONT DOOR AND PULLED IT OPEN SLOWLY. There on the warm, welcome mat was a newspaper. At least, that's what it looked like to me. Slowly, tentatively, I picked it up with two fingers, like it was covered in something toxic. It was entirely black, both the paper and the strings binding it into a roll. Then I made the worst mistake of my life. I took it inside. I sat at my dad's office desk with a knife from the kitchen, I used it to cut the knots on the black strings and the newspaper unrolled itself slowly. It was thin, really only one page in length. There on the only page written in blocky white letters were the words, The Midnight Paper. This was the headline on the page and the story written below it. Living and Dying on the Edge, Urban Legend or Dangerous Social Media Challenge? You may not have heard about it, but your kids have. There's a strange building on the edge of town. It's around 15 stories tall, and its rooftop holds a terrifying secret. The tenants know the story all too well. Last December, a girl, whose name this publication has chosen not to publish, attempted to take her own life by jumping off the rooftop and into the cold asphalt approximately 150 feet below. A tragic event, but unfortunately not too uncommon but if you believe the word in online forums and instant messages this was no ordinary suicide attempt not because of the circumstances leading up to it but because of what happened when the girl climbed over the railing separating safe rooftop concrete and fatal plunge as soon as the girl lifted one foot off the edge something strange happened a series of images bombarded her mind it was her father crying in her bedroom Surrounded by his daughter's belongings. Then it was her funeral. All her friends in suits and dresses with grief and pain racking their faces. Then it was her own body. What was left of it. Twisted and broken and bloated. And covered in stitches. Yet still crammed into a dress. The girl put her foot back on the edge. Shocked out of her fatal decision. But then, for some reason, she lifted her foot once more. The images came back but this time they were different. It was her wearing a graduation gown. It was her in a college dorm. It was her with a boy. She hopped back over the railing and took the stairs down. The way down. The safe way down. She told a friend who, mockingly, told another friend. That friend told a few others. You know the rest. Someone posted it online and soon the internet ran with it. That building became a million others in a million different towns, and for some reason, people started trying it out. They'd go out in groups to play what soon became known as the ledge game. If you stood on the edge of a rooftop, on the wrong side of the railing, and stuck one foot out, you could see your own future. One such group decided to try the game out, with disastrous consequences. One of the girls in the group chose to go first. She climbed over the railing stuck one foot out, and soon regretted it. Her friends say she started screaming, her eyes wide and looking off into the distance as if seeing something horrifying. Then those eyes turned to look at her group of friends. She tried to grab one of them, as if trying to pull them over the railing with her, to take them with her as she fell. There was a funeral, with crying friends in a closed casket, much like the first girl saw, Instead of dissuading other teens from trying the game out, this new Sue became an urban legend in its own right, growing into an indispensable part of the original tale. But there's something many people can't stop thinking about. What did that girl see? Whatever it was, it was bad enough for her to ignore the visions of her own funeral and her own mangled body. Whatever it was, it was bad enough for her to try to take her own friend's life, too. Some people say it was to spare her a fate worse than death. Maybe we'll never know. Or maybe, like in some versions of the story, we'll all know soon enough. Because the girl was pointing at the sky before she left. As if she could see something that nobody else could. That was the only story on the only page of the midnight paper. I wanted to know more. To know who wrote it. Who published it. Who delivered it. And I knew like a piece of intoxicating dangerous knowledge that all i had to do to know more was wait for the next edition to hit the welcome mat and i'll come back here to tell you all what it says it's gone the first midnight paper which arrived last friday has somehow vanished i put it in a drawer in my dad's study and now it's gone Either someone broke in and stole it, or it, uh, I don't know. It sounds ridiculous, but then again, this whole thing is. Maybe it disappeared on its own. After last time, I wanted to be prepared. Tonight, I set a chair by the front door and waited anxiously since 11 o'clock. Every time a car drove by, every time a leaf crunched on the asphalt outside, I rushed to the people, but nothing. The minutes dragged... Time seemed to stretch. i felt this feeling before, when I ordered something I really wanted online, and I knew it was delivery day. But this was different. Something about this paper is just... wrong. If anyone else has gotten one, you'd know. It feels like looking at something you're not meant to be seeing. Like it somehow slipped through the cracks, past all the rigid laws of ordinary life. It made its way to you. Holding one in your hand feels like you're touching a physical manifestation of a mistake. I imagine this is what it feels like when you touch something radioactive, as if every second that it's in your presence is somehow warping the very fabric of your life. 11.55 It's close. My heart's beating fast. The anticipation coursing through me like a drug. I stood in front of the peephole, not wanting to miss a second. I was looking at my front porch, the street outside was dark, and the front steps were illuminated only by the light above the doorway. I had placed the welcome mat a little further away, so I could see it clearly through the peephole, and that's when it happened, the light above the doorway started to flicker slowly, then faster and faster, suddenly it shut off completely, the entire porch was smothered in darkness, the only light coming from the street lights outside. Somehow, the shadows around my doorstep were darker than the rest, as if swallowing every last hint of light. The light turned on again. Through the peephole, I could see that my front porch looked normal. The bulb above the doorway shone steadily as if nothing had happened. I rushed, my finger slamming against the lock, and pulled the front door open. The front porch was empty. The street was empty. One second passed. Two, the normal sounds of the world around me started to seep back in i looked down at the welcome mat and it was there a bundle of black paper wrapped tightly with black twine i hesitated for a moment before grabbing it should i bring it inside should i read it out here should i read it at all then i grabbed it anyway i had read one that threshold had already been crossed I took the paper into my dad's study and set it down on his desk. The knife from the kitchen was already there. All the pieces were in place. All I had to do was read it. I grabbed the knife, cut the twine, and watched the paper unfurl itself like a strange flower. Immediately the words jumped out at me, and I started reading. There were a few pages this time, including the front cover, but still only one story. This is what was printed on those black pages. The Removal Doctor Police warn of dangerous individual. After a spate of reports of a so-called removal doctor, local police urge residents to stay away from strangers who approach them in public places, and to avoid abandoned buildings of any kind. It started a few months ago. The first report appeared on an online forum for reporting interactions with strange individuals and this one certainly fit the bill the anonymous user stated that she was walking across a public park just before closing time when a man approached her and introduced himself as the removal doctor the woman wrote that at the time the man seemed professional reliable and had a strange persuasiveness about him the man gave the woman a card and walked off she has since lost it but according to her The card simply had an address printed on either side. The next day, the woman decided to check the address out. She inputted it into a map application and arrived, only to discover that the building had long since been abandoned. Undeterred, she found an open door and walked in. The rest is internet history. Inside the building, the woman was greeted by what looked like a state-of-the-art clinic. The floors were epoxy and spotless, the walls were painted white, and there were tarps set up to cover any broken windows. There were even fluorescent lights hanging from the ceiling. This was a far cry from the kill room the woman had imagined upon finding the abandoned location, but now her mind was wandering more toward an underground organ trafficking ring. She was half right. The woman reports that she found the door to a clinic in the back of the building, She knocked and was welcomed inside. What was awaiting her was a consultation office straight out of a high-end hospital. There were doors to several rooms. One she could see was labeled as containing a CAT scan machine. Another was labeled as a dental office. In the center of the room was a desk. Behind that desk was the same man she had met in the public park. The woman was unable to describe him clearly in her post, only stating that the man was wearing a lab coat. And that his face was hidden behind a surgical mask. The man wasted no time getting down to business. He introduced himself again as the removal doctor, and explained to her that he was in the business of removing things from the human body. Anything you can think of, he said. The woman was clearly unconvinced, and somewhat alarmed, but the man assured her that it was a voluntary procedure, and one that had the potential to be life-saving. The doctor proceeded to ask the woman to name one thing about herself that she was unhappy with. A memory, a body part, an inconvenient habit, anything. Even a tumor or a fatal condition such as cancer or a clogged artery. Online, the woman admits that she wasn't in her right mind. She was, after all, ignoring a million red flags that are staples of a dozen alleged accounts. Accounts that have transcended culture. Time and location to become old wives' tales, everyone has grown up with, like waking up in a bathtub filled with ice, only to discover that your kidneys have been stolen, for example. Luckily, this wouldn't be the case for this woman, nor has it been the case for anyone who has encountered this strange man. There was no bathtub filled with ice, at least. The woman decided against asking to have anything physical removed perhaps fearing that there were other parties listening in who were ready to act on her words right away. She did, however, state that she wouldn't mind parting with her crippling procrastination. The doctor nodded, as if he were expecting this answer, then explained to her that this was an exchange. He would take something she didn't want about herself, but he could pick anything of hers that he wanted in return. The woman was hesitant, but ultimately agreed, allowing the man to lead her to a private examination room. The woman claims that, a few hours later, she woke up in the same building, but everything around her was different. The floor was filthy concrete, the walls were covered in chipped paint, and there were no examination rooms or medical equipment of any kind. She stated that she immediately chastised herself mentally for falling for a trick a child could see through, After quickly checking herself for stitches or wounds, she was unable to find any mark on her skin. Not even a bruise, she wrote. It was only a few days later that she realized that something actually had happened in that building. She's a writer, and she was unable to start working before hours upon hours of watching YouTube videos and playing mobile games. But now, she could sit and get to work immediately. It really did seem like the removal doctor had surgically removed her procrastination she was elated but only at first soon she realized that something was wrong first it happened when she was in a video chat with her sister and her newborn then it happened when her girlfriend arrived at their apartment finally she confirmed her fears in front of their bathroom mirror no matter how hard she tried or for how long she was unable to smile Dozens of doctors' appointments later, the cause is still unknown. Some of them have said that it may be a mild facial paralysis caused by stress. But I know better, the woman wrote. She's convinced it was the removal doctor. I hate him, she wrote in her post. Everyone used to say I had the nicest smile. Now it's gone. But why take her smile? The woman described her last moments of consciousness just as the removal doctor administered an IV filled with anesthetic, she spotted a room off to one side. The door was half open, and she could see a gurney with a blanket over it. It was obvious that, given the size and the shape of what was underneath it, that it was a person. But the shape was wrong. Parts were missing, she wrote. The shape was off, but it had a head and two legs. There were jars along the far wall, jars with all manner of body parts there are nights the woman wrote where she dreams she's back in that strange clinic nights where she's convinced she remembers part of what happened when she was under she spots grotesque and bizarre surgical tools through blurry eyes here's the doctor muttering to himself hears him say that something or someone is almost complete Other stories about the removal doctors' patients have surfaced. One man who claimed to have asked the doctor to remove his addiction to cigarettes had his tongue removed as well. Another man who asked to have his fear of heights removed had his ability to drive taken. A man with a brain tumor asked for it to be removed, only to wake up without one of his legs. A woman asked for her depression to be removed and lost one of her eyes in the process. One of the accounts spreading the rumor even claimed that a missing person who was found without his head was one of the doctor's victims. Still, when asked what, if anything, this person may have asked to have removed, this anonymous poster couldn't say. Whatever it was had to be huge, maybe something that he and a large group of people shared, like a fear or a financial condition. Speculation abounds in most of these reports. But this headless corpse shares something in common with all other alleged reports. In all cases, there were no stitches, no wounds, no scars of any kind. Whatever the doctor took, it was as if it had never existed. This fact has baffled both law enforcement and medical professionals looking into these reports. This publication would like to remind you of the police department's request. If a man approaches you with a business card and introduces himself as the removal doctor, remove yourself from the situation immediately and call 911 when at a safe distance to report your sighting. Do not, under any circumstances, go to the address on the card. Do not, under any circumstances, ask for something to be removed from your body or your personality. You will lose something in return. I put the paper down, confusion growing through my brain like a strange kind of infection. I could feel my heart beating faster again. I knew something was wrong, not just because of what was written on the pages or how the paper was delivered. A few internet searches later and I found out I was right. There were no reports online of a removal doctor or a ledge game either way. So why were the articles mentioning their presence on the internet and the media? Was the writer of these articles just making these reports up? I still don't know, but doesn't feel like it. The stories don't feel fake, and they feel real, like they're happening close by. I decided to take a few photos of the paper with my phone, and soon realized that this wasn't an easy process. It was like there was something on the page that reacted badly with the camera lens. I tried taking a photo with the flash on and off, but it made no difference. The picture was ruined either way. I've linked the photo along with this news article. I hope it serves as a way to both prove my story and also to document each paper if they go missing. You can see it here if you'd like. If what my dad said was true, I've made a grave mistake. Never read one, he told me once. I asked him why, but he wouldn't say. He just changed the subject or blurted out, Just don't, or because... Eventually I thought he was just trying to scare me and forgot all about it. Now I wish I had asked him more about the midnight paper. About why I should never read it. About whether or not I should even touch it or bring it inside. All I know is that my dad said the paper arrived on Wednesdays and Fridays at our home. So there'll be another one coming Friday night. It seems like it's too soon. Too overwhelming. But I'm going to keep going. To keep documenting it. And next time... I want to try to have the door open when the shadow shows up once again.